welcome back to the Monday Morning Faith Podcast. My name is Emily and today we're going to be talking about men crying and we're going to talk about that from a biblical perspective and if you're not a man and you're a girl listening, uh, keep listening because I'm going to talk about how women can uh, respond and should respond based on the Bible to uh, men's emotions today. So we're going to talk about that uh, from a biblical perspective and if you're a man, definitely keep listening because we're going to talk about... um, male emotions uh in particular today um more so with the sadness um so first i want to open up by uh let's do a prayer and you can pray along pray your own prayer or just simply listen uh whatever works for you so dear lord and heavenly father we thank you for this time we get to spend listening to your word and Uh, soaking it in and drawing closer to you and we know that when we draw close to you you draw close to us and we thank you for always walking with us in whatever season and whatever emotion we're feeling and that you sent your one and only son Jesus down to earth to experience the same emotions that we experience every day and that Jesus experienced times of sadness the shortest verse in the bible is Jesus wept in the gospels and so we just Thank you that Jesus lived an example of human emotion so we can see um, his righteousness through that as an example for us. But we also see many other people in the Bible and we're so grateful for these examples you've given us of people who are flawed, just like we are. Um, People who are naturally human, just like we are. And we thank you so much that you show us that it's okay to cry and to be sad and it's part of the human experience. And so we just ask you to meet us in any sadness we might have in our lives at this time. We ask you to come in and make a way for renewal and for refreshment, and that you would refresh our souls each and every day so that we might overcome the sadness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, so I want to, I'm going to primarily talk about Joseph today in the latter half of Genesis, but I do want to start with um, the story of um, Jacob and Rachel in Genesis 28-29. So basically, Jacob was sent by his father Isaac to go find a wife, um, and Jacob found this girl Rachel, and he just thought she was the most incredibly beautiful woman. Um, It said he loved her so much. It says he loves her multiple times. Verse 18 of Genesis 29 says, Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you seven years in return for marrying your younger daughter, Rachel. Um, So he worked seven years out of love for her to give you that context. And um, it says, when he kissed Rachel, he began to weep aloud. And that's Genesis 29, verse 11. So he loved Rachel, he kissed Rachel, and he wept. When he found her, he wept. And um, this is, I presume, their first kiss. Imagine um, you are just meeting someone for the first time for a somewhat arranged marriage, although Rachel did consent, um, which comes later. Um, And that's uh, really interesting, too, that um, Rachel was able to consent. Uh, I think sometimes we think that everything back then was arranged, um, so it's pretty cool that she um, 
was able to consent. And then, yeah, to be meeting this person that you're going to marry. And in one of your first interactions, he kisses you and then starts weeping aloud. And a lot of women would see that as weakness or awkward. But um, she actually ran to go tell her father everything out of excitement to tell her father this exciting news about this man who's come to marry her, uh, who was like a distant family member back in those days. Um, that's a long story right there. But anyways, she went to go tell her father the good news. And so clearly, Rachel did not see this weeping aloud, this crying aloud. As an as a act of weakness, she saw it as an act of excitement and rejoicing and happiness. And I would encourage um, all of us women to um, look behind. If we're ever so um, honored to see a man that we care about or don't even know cry, um, I think we should take a moment and step back and look at what is behind those tears. Is it excitement? Is it happiness? Is it sadness? Is it anger? And um, I would encourage us to... um, Love one another as God has loved us, which is the commandment of the New Testament. When Jesus came, he commanded us to love others as he's loved us. And so as um, women in this moment, we can certainly look upon a man crying and seek to meet him wherever he's at. And um, I'm sure Jacob would have been thrilled to watch his bride-to-be run away to tell her father the excitement exciting news of his arrival and we need to have uh, godly intentions when we are given the privilege of seeing each other's emotions and to have anything other than a loving response is um, not not appropriate in any way so let's fast forward to um, Joseph in the Bible Um, I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown on the story of Joseph. So Joseph was the youngest brother of 12. um, And um, Jacob was his father. So now Jacob has children. And uh, Joseph is his youngest, I think. Oh, actually, I'm not sure about that. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I think, yeah, Joseph should be the youngest. But that I'm not too positive on. So sorry if I'm wrong. Um, anyway, so Joseph essentially um, has these dreams given to him by God, and Joseph is, like, telling his brothers about these dreams, and in the dreams, the brothers are bowing down to him, to Joseph, and obviously his brothers don't like to hear this. Like, why would they want to bow down to their younger brother? And perhaps that's when the Lord blesses us with insight and wisdom and knowledge we should use the highest level of discernment and be prayerful and thoughtful about the information God's shown us and provided us with uh, to take a step back and ask God what he'd like us to do with this information. Because uh, telling his brothers about the dream gave Joseph uh, quite the, quite the um, difficult time as a result. Um, it obviously made his brothers very jealous and angry to hear these things. So perhaps Joseph shouldn't have shared those things but uh we know everything works out uh for good for those who love god 
and have been called according to his purpose. So God uh, does redeem Joseph in this story. And it's just a reminder, though, that Joseph could have avoided a lot of heartache if he had just simply used discernment over whether or not to reveal the content of his dreams to his brothers, especially due to what the content was, which was his brothers bowing down. Obviously, no one wants to hear that, um, even in this day and age. Um, so essentially his brothers sell him, like try to kill him, but then one of the brothers convinces him, no, like, let's just sell him and then we'll at least get a profit because if he dies, like he get he does nothing for us. But if we at least sell him, we get money, which is like awful, incredibly awful, obviously. So the brothers sell him and Joseph goes into prison uh, under Pharaoh's rule and Joseph does dream interpretation for two of their prison mates, and then they go on to uh, serve. One of them dies, and the other one goes to serve Pharaoh once again. And while the cupbearer is serving Pharaoh, he, a few years later, he tells Pharaoh of Joseph, the dream interpreter, because Pharaoh needs a dream interpreted. Anyways, long story short, Pharaoh has Joseph do the dream interpretation Joseph turns out to be accurate and saves the land from a seven-year famine through this dream interpretation. And uh, because of this, Pharaoh makes him, like, uh, second-in-command, like, ruler over Egypt. And that's, like, a huge deal to be... So he served two years in prison as a prisoner, and then immediately he after that, he was put as second-in-command of Egypt. Like, only by God is that possible. <laughs> it's one of those things that you just know has Jesus in it, has God in it. Um, we see these things in our lives, those impossible stories. Um, we know who's behind those. Um, it's our loving Father in heaven. And okay, now that you guys have the backstory, um, the brothers return during the famine to get grain because there's no other grain throughout the land. Um, and Joseph had stored it all up. Uh, for when this happened. So everyone was flocking to Egypt to buy their grain there. So the brothers uh, go on down. And um, basically in Genesis 42, it tells us a dialogue between them. Um, the boys are saying that God's basically punishing them for what they did. Keep in mind, consequentialism is no longer applicable as of the New Testament when Jesus has come and forgiven us for all our sins but in this case they are talking about consequentialism being you did something bad now you're being punished or you did something good now you're getting something good once again this is no longer applicable to us um as modern day christians because of jesus dying for our sins but this is what they are talking about so they're basically saying um because we tried to kill him <laughs> this distress is coming back to us and they don't recognize joseph while joseph's talking to them um, and Joseph can obviously understand what they're saying. So Joseph is really upset with this dialogue these boys are having, his brothers are having about him. It says in Genesis 42, verse 24, he turned away from them and began to weep. And I think this goes to show, um, men can be at times very private in their emotions. A lot of men don't like to be around others when they cry and they will turn away and they will uh, seclude themselves. Uh, Jesus did. 
And um, I don't know to what part that's a gender thing that we've just, like, always had or the degree to which it's um, just a, a thing that all humans, both men and women, experience. But I do feel like, on average, this is a personal opinion, that um, men try to seclude themselves more often. And I don't know, yeah, the degree to which that's, like, gender or, like, society um, making men feel like they can't cry. And frankly, the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I'm not really sure where that ever came from. The whole notion that, like, men are weak if they cry and all this stuff. Because, like, God says, blessed are the meek. And that's from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek. So, like, the timid. Um, and I think it's normal to want to turn away when you feel like you're about to cry. Like, it's a very, um, negative thing in our society to cry most of the time. Like, it's a huge vulnerability, and I think that should really change. Like, if you're sad or upset about something, I think you should just be able to cry no matter where you are, um, without feeling shameful or embarrassed. And that's part of our call as Christians to respond lovingly to people who are weeping and to not feel awkward or to turn our backs from it. While you might feel awkward, um, you should stand in that awkward feeling and embrace it and power through it for the sake of the person in front of you. Um, And that's how we love others as Jesus loves us. Jesus does not turn his back from us and walk away and pretend like nothing's going on when we're crying. He sees us where we are. He lays a hand on our shoulder and tells us that he's here for us and he loves us. So it's important to consider the Christian response to people crying. And if someone in front of us is turning away, we notice them starting to cry. I think it's important that us as Christians, no matter who this person is in our life, um, whether they're a stranger or a family member, we comfort them as Jesus comforts us. Um, because Jesus will meet us in our tears and emotions in our everyday lives. So the least we can do is outpour that. And by that action, people will know that we're his disciples. It's a witness to the person who's in tears, to the person who's experiencing pain. And I can't think of a more Christian response than to comfort people in their sorrows. Um, so here, yeah. So this is a biblical example of a man who was crying and um, it says Joseph came back and spoke to them. Um, And so it doesn't say that he was ridiculed or anyone even noticed. It seemed like it was a very private moment, but we can talk about a uh, less private moment in which this happened. Um, In Genesis 43, 30, we see that um, Joseph was, um, or sorry, Benjamin, uh, his mother's son. Oh gosh, that's confusing the way they wrote that. <laughs> Anyways, Benjamin, I presume his brother or half brother. Sorry, that is so confusing the way it's written in my Bible. Anyways, um, Yes, so I guess Benjamin is his brother, because it says, deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out looking for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. 
So Joseph is extremely emotional at the sight of his brother, Benjamin. And I mean, you can imagine what it would be like to not see your family in such a long time, to be in prison and to be in such an isolated place and state in your life. Um, and you can go back to my podcast episode about escape your prison cell and um, evaluate like what your prison is in your life. That was a really fun episode about hard times. So if you want to go back and take a listen to that, definitely go do so. But um, Joseph was in an actual prison and I imagine just how desolate and isolated that would have been for him. So he's deeply moved at the sight of his brother who he hasn't seen in years. And then Joseph panicking finds somewhere he can go cry. And it doesn't say just cry, it says weep. So um, I think weeping is a very um, exaggerated outpour of crying. Um, So it's basically just crying, but more magnified. And um, it says he went into the private room and wept there in verse 30. And then it says in verse 31, after he had washed his face, he came out controlling himself said serve the food so now he's having people his brothers over for dinner um yet they don't know who he is yet um and I think that's a good show that sometimes when we when we try and um control ourselves and control a situation sometimes we have no control over our emotions um emotions are given to us by God um I can't profess to know why um I don't really think many people can. Why God gave us laughter and smiling and crying. Like, why water flows from our eyeballs when we're sad. Like, I don't know the reason. But um, I think this is another typical male response. Um, If there is any kind of public outpour of crying, that he would go, like, wash his face and control himself. Um, Come back more controlled. Um, I think women tend to be a little more vulnerable um, in you know, they might not wash their face, they might just come back, they might not even leave the room, they might just be like, you know what, I'm sad and I'm crying. So, um, there's different responses, and also, it's not just male-female, it's different people, different life experiences, some people, like, force themselves not to cry, um, other people will just feel more comfortable doing that, but, again, it's important that we acknowledge that men cry, and it's clearly God's design, um, because if men aren't crying ever in their life, it's because they're, like, holding it back with everything they have. And I don't think that is appropriate or what God wants for us. I think God wants us to outpour his all of our emotions, at the very least, in his presence, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and then to also be vulnerable with loved ones in our lives that he places there for us um, to help us heal and to comfort us in our sorrow. And I imagine it would have been really difficult for Joseph in this situation to conceal his joy, his sadness, his pain, his love, and to walk through that alone. I imagine if he had a uh, servant or staff, you could think of it as a staff member, who was also a fellow Christian, who had came to the... Um, washroom with him when he was washing his face and had put a hand on his shoulder and said, Joseph, um, I'm so happy you're reuniting with your brothers and, 
you know, this must be a really difficult time for you. I'm here for you and I care for you. Can I pray over you? I imagine that would be such a blessing to Joseph and to God. Um, God would um, definitely look down favorably on that, I believe, in my heart. Um, so we can think about the different responses that we could do in such a scenario. Um, it also shows that in verse, sorry, in chapter 45, um, this is when Joseph, the dinner is taking place and Joseph chooses to reveal that he is his guest's brother. And so Joseph has all his brothers with him and basically, um, it says Joseph could no longer control himself. So clearly his emotions have, um, absolutely flooded through the floodgates and I think sometimes it's a good idea to release our emotions in a healthy way before it gets to the point where we can't control ourselves. I mean, especially with anger, that's where we see a lot of problems. People forcing self-control when they need to express their pain. And then that's how um, people scream or say the wrong thing that is quite hurtful to another person. That's how we see... Um, punched holes in walls and um we're definitely better off um expressing how we're feeling to god and a lot giving god all of our anger or sadness or pain and asking for god's help with it or if we're able to sorry and if we're able to um to also uh confide in another person um and ideally someone who is spiritually mature so that they can walk with you um and help help you um, bring that to God as well. Um, cause otherwise we get to that point where we're no longer in control and, um, of our emotions. And that's, um, not always the best for our own well-being. And God wants us to cast all of our anxieties on him because he cares for us. And that is a, uh, scriptural quote right there. So in verse 40, sorry, chapter 45, uh, verse one, it says, he could no longer control himself, so he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. There was no one there with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. So up until this point, uh, when we hear about Joseph, it's been um, very private crying, and now this is the first time he's wept so loudly that it's not only his own brothers that see and know, that it's everyone, that the Egyptians throughout the streets and city could hear him, that um, Pharaoh, the household, you can picture <laughs> maybe him living in a high, fancy stone building um, far down or far up from where they would have been. And he wept so loudly that it wasn't just him in a bathroom anymore. It was everyone could hear. And uh, it's such a declaration of emotions that is so bold and beautiful to truly confess in front of a large group of people how you're feeling. And in our society today, I think a lot of people have made strides towards more more expression of these feelings um, 
publicly. I mean, we think about social media. There's often videos of people crying. And sometimes I think we get too sensitized to it, meaning that um, we don't have a full response to it anymore. We're, we've turned off our empathy um, and our compassion because we're being bombarded with so many um, media images of this all the time that when we're confronted with people in sadness, we're so used to seeing people sad every single day that we're not uh, fully able to respond in the way we should. You can think about it as a real detriment to a Christian's compassion um, is the bombardment of social media. Back in Joseph's day, I mean, it certainly wouldn't have been you wouldn't see someone crying every single day, likely. I mean, maybe if you went to the poorer areas where people were in a lot of pain um, and suffering, especially in those days, like medically suffering, um, would have been quite awful. But for the most part, you probably wouldn't have seen people crying every single day. And um, now I can go on social media and I'm pretty much guaranteed to find someone crying um, if I spend enough time on there. And that does uh, sensitize us to... Um, to human emotions. So I encourage you to not let yourself be sensitized to others' pain and to meet them with full empathy in whichever way you can. And um, if you're feeling like you want to turn away from the situation because you don't know, if you can respond, you feel awkward and embarrassed and stressed and um, or just apathetic, so you're not feeling any emotion really, then I encourage you to bring it to God and pray that he would he would reunite you with your former empathetic and loving self or that he would walk you into a new season of empathy and ask for the type of empathy that Jesus had while he was here on earth so that you can truly experience um, the joy of helping someone get through a difficult time. And ultimately, it's been really amazing to read about all these men who have walked through such difficult times um both um Jacob and Joseph cried in their own different ways and there's more examples of course in Genesis and in the rest of the Bible but I just want to focus on those ones for today's episode because I think it really goes to show that men cry in a variety of situations in a variety of different ways and it's not bad for men to cry that's written nowhere in the Bible. It's a common, common expression of sadness. The most common expression of sadness. And it makes us fully human. Jesus wept. And so do we. And it's our job as women to have empathetic responses. It's our job as men to have empathetic responses. And to comfort people. And ask God and invite God into that battle with you. Whether you're the one crying in pain or you're the one comforting. Um, ask God to give you the strength and empathy to support that person or to get through your situation. So let's close in prayer. God, I thank you that you are all-knowing, that you know what we think before we do, that you've prepared our plans for us, that you know all the hardships and trials of our hearts, and that you are ruler over all of it. We bring all these things to you that we struggle to deal with, whether it be our own emotional situations or being the person comforting someone in their emotional situations. We ask that you would strengthen us daily and that we would turn to you each and every day in our difficult circumstances and that you would renew us, renew our hearts and minds 
day by day. And God, we just thank you for loving us unconditionally and for loving us through every emotion that you've given us. And so God, we lift your name up high and we praise you and we thank you and we love you. In your holy name we pray, amen. All right, everyone, hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you guys next time.